welcome to the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Pokolsky. I love doing this podcast, so thank you for being here. I aim to provide the best guests every single week, and today is no exception. If you're someone who wants to live your greatest life in a body you love, part of that means creating constructs around how to get what you want, how to move toward goals, ultimately designing your life. And one of the biggest problems, quote unquote, that we're facing in modern society is being distracted and not knowing how to focus on the one thing that will be most fulfilling to us or maybe move us closest to our goal. Today's guest is the president and CEO of the One Thing Foundation. You guys may have heard of this book, an incredible book by Gary Keller and Jay Papazon. Uh, our guest today, Jeff Woods, is the president of this foundation and this organization that helps people drill down on ultimately what their purpose is, what their massively transformative purpose is. And then we look at high, hard goals and smaller goals that you can achieve in the interim to move you toward your massively transformative purpose and ultimately a process that you can use to determine what your purpose might actually be. It was an amazing short conversation with with Jeff Woods today. It's a great wealth of information who gives you a lot of action items and then a lot of reference out resources you can go download yourself, also included in the show notes as always at muscleintelligence.com slash podcast. Check that out. Today's podcast is brought to you by our favorite blue blocking glasses, blue blocks, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com slash muscle intelligence, the best blue blockers on the planet, bar none. They've been a two-year sponsor of the podcast because everyone who gets them, loves them, raves about them. They're constantly upgrading with new styles and new uh, products. They've just come out with a red light that I use frequently, uh, especially if I don't, if I'm not able to get outside in the morning. So if you guys are at, ever at your computer, if you're looking to optimize your sleep, if you're looking to optimize your mind, which I know you all are, Blue Box should be a part of your daily routine as it is me. So head over to Blue Box, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com slash muscle intelligence. Use the code muscle to get hooked up with 15% off and they ship worldwide, which is awesome. So after you listen to the podcast, you guys can do that. Have a great day. Enjoy the show. And we are rolling. Mr. Jeff Wood, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, man. So we are talking success and your journey seems like an incredibly interesting one. I'd love to, to walk down the path of how you ended up working with Gary Keller. So, you know, quick background for anyone that doesn't know you. Um, you are currently the host or of the One Thing podcast and uh, a big part of the One Thing organization. And many of our listeners will know the book, The One Thing, as being one of the most highly recommended books in the entire space. And I'd love to kind of just walk down the path of how you ended up where you are. Yeah, it's it's a crazy story. Prior to so Gary and Jay, who co-authored the one thing, the three of us co-founded this company. And the reason that happened is because when the one thing was published, pretty quickly it became one of the highest rated business books of all time. And Gary and Jay looked at each other and said, Okay, there's a company here, but that was a problem because Gary's one thing is Keller Williams. Jay's one thing is writing books with Gary. And they went, Okay, cool. We're missing somebody whose one thing is the one thing. And they began a search. At the time, I was in medical device sales, which was a phenomenal job. I, I woke up every day. I got to run through hospitals selling a device that actually saved lives, got to wear scrubs every day. But I was in this place where even though I was happy, I was lacking fulfillment. I just had this feeling that I was meant for more. 
And I wasn't surrounded by people who thought bigger. Everybody that I worked with, medical is like one of the best sales jobs that you can have. Like that's their career. They're riding it out. So the idea of wanting something different was very foreign to them. Two things happened in my life, Ben, that really set me on a journey. And the first was a colleague of mine had a stroke. At the time, he was 35. Wow. My wife and I had just had our first child, bought a house in Orange County, and my wife decided to become a stay-at-home mom. And I remember standing in my kitchen wondering, what would happen to my family if what happened to my colleague had happened to me? And then the very next week, my company needed to make a change to our commission structure. It was the right move for the business. For me, though, I lost 40% of my income overnight. Wow. So you put those two things back to back, and I started to ask different questions which made me search for different answers. I realized I wasn't actually in control, like I thought I was. And I heard the Jim Rohn quote that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, which are you familiar with that quote? Man, Jim Rohn is my guy. Jim Rohn, I study Jim Rohn more than I study anybody and I always have. There you go. So yeah. a lot of people have heard that quote. Very few people have actually taken the time to get a pen and a piece of paper and write down who their five are. Yeah. yeah. I did that. Yep. And when I looked at the list, I was overwhelmed with gratitude because I wrote down five amazing friends, lifelong friends. And that was an aha. I had five amazing friends. I didn't yet have five amazing mentors. And that's where the journey began. I wanted to surround myself with mentors, people who are where I wanted to be. You fast forward, it was our national sales meeting. And when I walked into the ballroom, an image of the one thing was on the screen and there was a copy of the book on every single chair. And then Jay walked out on stage and for the next hour, he walked through why the one thing is the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. And how Gary, this is how Gary has lived his life to scale Keller Williams to the largest real estate company in the world. The whole time then I remember thinking, how would I get a guy like Jay to be one of my five? How could I get a guy like Gary to be one of my five? And when Jay finished speaking. He got a standing ovation. When everybody else sat down, I found myself standing. You ever had one of those moments, Ben, where your mind is telling you to do one thing, but your heart's kind of pulling you in a different direction? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. My mind was saying, sit. My heart was saying, go. Before you know it, I am literally running down the side of the ballroom because I just figured I had to be the first one to get to Jay. And that began a conversation. I was unaware that they had already been looking for a year for somebody to start this company with them. And it just so happened that I ended up being the guy. Wow, that's phenomenal. And it's so powerful to think of transforming life. I mean, there's a lot of us going through challenging times right now. And if I think back on a similar journey, it's like in 2012, you know, originally started in 2007, but 2012 made a decision. I was like, I'm gonna pay to play, right? Like I need to have these five people in my life and right now it's like my kids, my wife, and, and you know, my gym buddies. And I'm like, well, that's not going to get me where I want to go. So I just made a, made a commitment. I said, well, I'm going to invest 20% of my income mm. to be able to pay to play with these people. And that's been a consistent practice of mine ever since. It's just like, how do you get in the room with these people? So you just managed to do it seemingly without having to pay for it. But it's, it's ultimately getting to that same place, isn't it? Well, the, the backstory is I had started doing the pay to play. I started investing money in masterminds and whatnot and attending mm -hmm. events. And I kept noticing that the most successful people, when they showed up, they didn't show up like the average person in a networking situation who shows up looking to get. The most successful people showed up looking to give. 
When they yeah. were talking to you, they, they, they made you feel like the most important person in the world. And I kept hearing this question over and over again from really successful people, which was, out of everything you're focusing on, where do you need help most right now? How might I be able to support you? And it floored me the first time somebody asked me. And that's what, that's what I asked Jay. When I approached him, I said, my name's Jeff Woods. First and foremost, thank you. I've been at this crossroads in my life and I'm hearing this message and I just, I feel compelled to help share it out of everything you and Gary are focusing on right now. Where do you need help most right now? How might I be able to support you? And that was the domino that made everything else happen. Now, do you think that's a character trait or do you think like, that's something you embodied through your entire life previous to that? No. Or is that something that uh, you just trained yourself to do? No, <laughs> definitely not. Um, I am, I am not wired that way. And I was your typical networker who showed up looking to get. I remember actually being at a event for one of my mentors and my wife actually pulled me outside and she was like, you're acting like a shark. I can tell like, you're not even paying attention to the person you're talking. You're just looking over the shoulder, looking for that next person. Go be present and go be interested in them. So that's how I am well, normally wired. But by surrounding myself with people who are where I want to be, I noticed they behaved the exact opposite. And so I started modeling their behavior. You married wisely. Thanks. Yeah. And I have had to yeah. very purposefully form habits that allow me to show up that way habitually. Perfect. Let's talk about that because that to me, you know, I mentor a lot of people. Um, I coach a lot of people and walking down the character traits that you have to embody, the habits that you yeah. want to embody to become a, a person of, you know, call it a leader, a person of success, a person of these vast, incredible networks that most people aspire to. Um, I don't think it's intuitive for a lot of people. I'd love to have maybe walk down your mental checklist. Sure. Well, it's in the one thing. It's the third lie of productivity. It's the lie of discipline. And people, this challenges a lot of people. I was doing a training for a group of special forces guys. And I remember saying, you know, discipline's a lie. And one big GI Joe dude looked at me and was like, mm. <laughs> please don't hurt me. Um, discipline is important, but it's a lie to rely on it. The opportunity is to leverage your discipline for a relatively short period of time so that you form habits. And there's a quote in the one thing from FM Alexander. And the quote is, people do not decide their futures. They decide their habits. And their habits decide their futures. So I literally have a t-shirt and I wear it all the time. It says, decide your habits, decide your futures. And I have looked at Gary and Jay, two of the most successful people that I personally know, and on a regular basis asked, what habits did they form that made them who they are? And for me, I just, I ask bigger questions of myself. Who's the type of person I want to become? What's the type of husband I want to be? What's the type of father I want to be? What's the type of leader I want to be? And if that's the case, how do I have to show up in the world? And what's the habit I can form that would make showing up that way automatic? I had a conversation recently with someone about leadership. I'd love to hear your opinion on this. So hmm. how, do you, how do you define leadership? And, Teaching people uh, how to what, del what delineates... Okay. So what delineates someone who becomes a leader versus someone who simply follows a leader in, in your eyes, right? 
So we look at the world and, and there's certainly a great number of leaders and not a huge number of leaders, but there's a, there's a good number of leaders and people who are actually leaders. And, and what would the characteristics you would say they embody be? There's a lot of rabbit holes we can go down here. Yeah, I learned this from Gary. His definition of leadership is teaching people how to think so they can get what they need when they need it. Short answer, teaching people how to think. That's a leader's job. And the trap that leaders get stuck in is they don't view that as their job and they don't teach people how to think so they can operate independently of them. I've seen Gary draw this out where uh, this is the journey every leader goes on, where we start where I do it. And as long as I do it, I have a job. And you do it so well that you move up and all of a sudden you have people that are reporting to you. And all of a sudden you've moved from I to we. We do it. Here's the challenge with we. As long as we do it, you still as a leader have a job. Your people are not independent of you. And this is where most leaders are stuck. They're stuck in we. And the thing that I've learned from Gary is to ask the question, how do I move from I do it to we do it to they do it? Because the moment you move from we to they, you cross this imaginary line called freedom. And if you can move from I do it to we do it to they do it to them feeling like it's theirs, their job, they own their role, the opportunity. Now you're talking about building an empire. And this was so clear to me in my first 90 days because Jay was really upfront with me. He said, my job as a leader is to teach you how to think. I'm like, okay, cool. That sounds nice. And I remember the first time I walked into his office with a question and he stopped me and he said, Jeff, my job as a leader is to teach you how to think. I have an answer and I'm not going to tell it to you. What do you think you should do? And let me coach you down that path. And I told him what my thoughts were. And he said, that's exactly what I would have said, but now it's yours. The next time I walked in, he said, Jeff, my job is to teach you how to think. What do you think you should do? The third time it happened was the last time it happened. Since that time, over five years ago, not once have I approached him with a question about what I should do? What I approach him with is I say, here's the situation. Here's what I'm thinking in terms of how I should approach this. Coach me on that. Leadership is teaching people how to think. Yeah, it sounds like the way a parent, I'm not sure how if you have kids, but that's a similar process, right? It's like never giving answers. You're kind of facilitating the thought process and guiding them to their own conclusions. That's right. You keep giving them the fish, they're going to keep coming back to you. Yeah. So talk to me about uh, your maybe perception of, you know, teaching somebody how to think versus teaching somebody how to be, because just because I think about something doesn't necessarily mean I'm embodying the, the habits, skills, um, mm -hmm. uh, behaviors of a leader. <laughs> well, I think it, do you want to have a conversation about leadership or how somebody should behave for their role? <laughs> you choose. Let's go the role conversation because not everybody is a leader. Correct. And you don't actually, when you build out an organization, you don't need everybody to be a leader. We have to talk about what the job description is. If I were to ask you, Ben, what, what's the definition of a job description? What would you say? Uh, description of the roles and KPIs. Yeah. It's very common answer. Like all the things somebody has to do for their job. And I remember hearing Gary talk about this and he said, I have a different view on that. 
He said, I view the job description as the two to three things somebody has to do exceptionally well or they're fired. Now, this gets to the heart of the number one lie of productivity, which is in the one thing. It's the lie that everything matters equally. Sure, every role on a team has a list of all the things they need to do, and they do not all matter equally. This is the 80-20 rule, the idea that 80% of our results come from just 20% of our activities. So when we look at an org chart, we ask the question, what's the 20% for this role that drives the 80%? And how can we be really clear on what those things are? Now, if that role requires that that person be a leader, then that will define what those things are. I'll give you a perfect example. I just brought on a VP of operations to take over running the company to free me up to focus on growing it. This person has to be a leader, but it's not just a leader. I had to ask for this specific role, how does that leader need to show up? And I got super clear. It was really three things. They had to be able to turn my vision into plans into results. They had to be able to build and lead high performance teams, and they had to be able to build um, systems and technology for scale. And they have to be able to own that job. And I heard Gary say this to me on, on, on day one. He said, the best part about your job is it's your job. And the moment you try to give me your job, you no longer have a job. So we fundamentally have this view that when we clarify what somebody's role is for them to own their role, they don't get to give you back pieces of your job. And you as a leader have to stop telling them what to do and stop giving them answers and start asking better questions so they own their job. Brilliant. I want to bring this back to an average person. Let's say we're not working in a corporate environment. Let's say we're not sure. working in, in, a, in an organization in any way. And someone's just looking to start to identify their one thing. I know you guys have a pretty um, you know, detailed process on, on really how to start to nail down, like, how do I know what my one thing is? Sure. And the first thing I have to acknowledge is every person who is not familiar with the book just thought, I have more than one thing. <laughs> we totally. all do, right? We yeah. all have more than one thing. But a great metaphor for this is dominoes. You know, every single one of us as kids at one point in our life lined up dominoes. And we fundamentally understood that you didn't just stand one up over here and one up over here and one up over there and one up over there and knock each one down independently. That's not what we did. We understood the best way to knock them down was to stand them up, line them up, and whack away at the first one first. That's all this is. We have to start looking at all the things that are on our plate like dominoes. And the best way to knock them down is to stand them up, line them up, and whack away at the first one first. And this can apply to any area of your life, whether it be your spirituality, your physical health, your personal life, like your hobbies, your key relationships, your job, your business, your finances. I can, I can, we can help identify a one thing in any of those areas. But the idea is you have to pick one area to start first and ask the question. This is the focusing question of the book. What's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary? And you have to search for that answer because most people, when they ask that question, they think, I don't know. And they stop searching. That's unacceptable. You got to keep searching. And when you arrive at an answer... You just ask the question, is that the lead domino? Is that the two-inch little domino at the very front that is so small effortlessly with the flick of a finger would fall? Most often, it's not. So you just ask the question again. Well, what's the one thing I could do that would make doing that easier or necessary? 
And you keep asking it until you arrive at a lead domino. It is so small that with the flick of a finger, it will fall. But because the dominoes are lined up, everything else is easier or unnecessary. Does that necessitate having an end result or an objective? I think, you know, like the the long-term purpose. Yes. You have to have a vision. We say, think big, go small, trust the dominoes will fall. Think big. What are those big goals or results that you have for your life or for a period of time? Go small. What is that tiny activity, not result, activity that you can do such that by doing it, everything else is easier or unnecessary. I'll give a perfect example of this. Health. You work out, right? Yeah, that's pretty pretty clear. You're kind of jacked. <laughs> There's a lot of people listening to this who wish they worked out more and they might say, oh, I'm going to transform my health. And the one thing I can do to transform my health is I'm going to work out more. That's not their one thing. I would ask, how would you know if you were successful working out more? They'd go, well, I'd be exercising five days a week. That's my one thing. Mm, No, because if that was the one thing you could do, you'd already be doing it. It's not small enough. We got to go smaller. What's the one thing you can do that would make working out five days a week easier or unnecessary? Well, I'd have to wake up earlier. Cool. How would you know if you're successful? I'd be up at 530 every day. That's my one thing. Mm -mm, No, no, because if it was, you'd already be doing it. It would be so small that you'd be doing it. What's the one thing you can do that would make waking up at 5.30 easier or unnecessary? Well, I could go to bed earlier. Okay. How would you know if you're successful? I'd be in bed by 10 p.m. Well, what's the one thing you could do to make that happen? I just have to turn the TV off by 9.30. That's a lead domino. Turning the TV off at 9.30 on its own does not transform your health. But think big, go small, trust the dominoes will fall. Trust that if you turn the TV off at 9.30, that it's going to make getting in bed by 10 easier. And trust that if you're in bed by 10, it's going to make getting up at 5.30 easier. And trust that if you're up at 5.30, you're going to have the time that makes working out five days a week easier. And if you work out five days a week, are you more or less likely to transform your health? Way more. How yeah. How often do you get to meet with Gary and Jay now as far as uh, interacting with them as can st- still being in your top five? Because like these people, okay, let's say everyone listening to the podcast now says, okay, I've got my goal. I've got mm-hmm. my first domino. Now we're going to come back to this idea of, I-, I love the concept of being, right? So w- we are the five people we surround ourselves with because that's going to influence who we're being and you know, the way we're thinking. Yes. But mm-hmm. also you know, what we do and how, how we're being. So I want to, I want to get back into this conversation around the top five. Sure. Jay, very consistently. It, the, the longest we will go without talking is a week. I was on with him this morning for two hours. Uh, Gary is much less. His one thing right now is Keller Williams. So my exposure to him has been more through the masterminds that he facilitates, the content that he puts out. And also Jay's been his writing partner for 20 years. So Jay literally thinks like Gary. So it's at this, it's more through assimilation. But yeah. the thing that I really needed from him was his models how he thinks about leadership, how he thinks about people, how he thinks about time. And there's models for everything that I've now 100% internalized and live. 
Um, so where I'm going with that question is I recently did a father and daughter book. And one of the questions in the book, it was like, the question was asked and it said, father, you know, write the answer, daughter, write the answer. And then you can read each other's answers. So the question was, who are your uh, best friends and why do you love them? And mm. so that comes back to this, this idea of like, who are your top five and what are they doing for you? Ultimately, why do you love them? Why are they in your life? And I'd love to hear who, if you've ever thought about that, you know, why these top five are in your life and what they bring into your life. That's simple. They expand my, my perception of what's possible. Specifically though, I'd love to just hear what areas you think are most valuable in a leadership role. In a leadership role or so, why my top five is my top five? You can choose. So Jay's obviously in your, in your top five because he brings something tangible and significant to your life. Mm-hmm. And it may, in my eyes, it's always a way, of, or it may be a way of being, right? It may be like, hey, I embody this aspect of Jay. I hope to hear right. like, what that That's looks right. like. That's they, right. They, the people who are in my top five are the people I want to become. Yeah. It's that simple. It comes yeah. down to, to a state of being. How do they show up? Now, Jay's the closest to the overall thing I would want to model across the board, but I don't have one that models everything that I want out of life, right? So I am hyper clear that when it comes to business, leadership, thinking like a CEO, it's Jay because by default, it's Gary. I also know, made a very intentional choice that I wanted to become a biz, a family man with a business, not a businessman with a family. And I have purposefully invested my time. Pay attention to the words. It is super purposeful. I have invested my time with people who show up as family men with businesses, not businessmen who happen to have families. And there are people that are in my top five as a result that when you ask them what they do, they'll say, first and foremost, I'm a proud father and husband. Let me tell you about my kids. And oh, by the way, this is what I happen to do professionally. Yeah. So uh, you're absolutely right. Like none of them seem to ever embody all of what you want to become. And and literally as I went through my top five, it was like, I really want to embody this person's outlook on life. And I really want to embody this person's discipline. And I want to embody this person's leadership and their energy and all these, these different kind of awarenesses I have. And it seems like you've come to the same conclusion. And Mm -hmm. I love that, you know, family man before entrepreneur, because Ultimately, that's that's the the foundational rock, isn't it? Right, it's the thing that that holds it all together. It's why you're doing it. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I tell myself the reason I'm building this business is for my family. Well, how does it? We both have kids. How do kids spell love? Mom and dad, probably. T I M E. Yeah, time. True. Right. Yep. And it became so clear to me on if I followed myself around with a camera. How was I showing up? Who, who was I being? I was being a businessman with a family. Well, if I follow that track over the course of my life, what results are likely to come from that? And how do I feel about that? Yeah, what advice do you have for people who have a hard time balancing that, right? Like they have a hard time making ends meet. They have a hard time uh, being present with their family because they're so uh, overwhelmed with all of the stresses of life. Because I think there's probably a lot of people out there with that uh, reality right now. You show me a, a person and goals that have yet to become their reality. I'll just show them habits that have yet to be formed. Yeah. 
you feel overwhelmed, that just tells me you don't have clarity. And there's no heat, no judgment in this because that was me five and a half years ago. Anytime I have a conversation with a person, whether it's a stay-at-home parent, whether it's an athlete, whether it's a Fortune 500 executive, I cover the whole gambit. You tell me you're stressed and you have too much to do. All you're telling me is that you're not clear on what matters most. And in less than an hour, I can get you super clear on what matters. In the moment, in the moment you know what matters, suddenly everything else doesn't matter as much. And the stress goes down. It's super simple. Um, You feel like you struggle to be present with your family. Well, you're missing a habit a habit of how to actually leave work at work. You're missing a habit to be present in the moment. You're just, you're just missing some habits. So you said you would take about an hour to get someone some clarity. Do you have a clearly defined process there? Oh, gosh, that, yes. um, <laughs> oh that yeah. You walk through? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it depends on the situation. It can be an organization where if I ask the CEO or the chairman of the board, what's your one thing for the organization? They look at me like I'm freaking crazy. I'm like, okay, we can get that nailed. Let's put it this way. I have worked with some of the largest companies in the world where they will hand me a 20 page business plan for 500,000 people. And I will get it down to one page without fail every time. And this works. Don't let the size of the org. That actually doesn't matter. The, 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 what's important is to know that whether you're one person or 500,000 people, it scales. You just need to get clear on what the 20% is. If it's an individual and it's their job and they just feel like they have too much to do, not enough time, they want more out of their life, but they're constantly stressed. They're constantly overworking. They're constantly saying no to their family to say yes to their job. I can just help them get, I mean, it would honestly take me less than 10 minutes to get them 100% clear on what are the, the handful of things. I'm talking three to five things they need to say yes to this year. And I can break that down to exactly what they have to focus on this month. I can break that down exactly to what they have to focus on this week to the point that we could open up their calendar and block time for them to do those, those vital few things. It's super simple. Is it? Is it, okay. I don't know if you'd like to share that or sure. if the path for the, the audience is like, Hey, first go pick up the book. Or if you guys have other books that you suggest. No, for the one thing, do it. Um, the podcast, you're already listening to a podcast. So I would suggest subscribing to the one thing podcast. If you go to our website, which is the one thing.com and that's with the number one, instead of being spelled out like the book on the podcast on the free stuff page and on the training, actually go to the training page under the basics courses section. We have some free courses I find the one on the 411. The 411 is a tool that gives you clarity on your priorities. When I said breaking your annual goals down to monthly, down to weekly, that's what it is. It's a tool that I personally have used every week for the last five years. It has changed my life. It's a tool that my wife now uses, and she's not a goal setter, but it gives her clarity on what she needs to say yes to this week in the context of what matters most this month, in the context of what matters most for the year. So I would strongly check that out. I will I will acknowledge that is likely not a lead domino for people because to start using a 411, you are talking about forming several new habits. So now we're getting into behavior change, which you know this, Ben. Behavior change, it's simple. It's not easy. But every person could even start by just asking, what's my one thing today? 
And when you ask that, what you're fundamentally asking is of all the things that are on my plate today, if I could only do one thing, what's the one thing that's going to make the biggest impact? Most people will not know the answer to that right off the bat. And if you don't know what your one thing is, what do you think your one thing is? Figure out what Find your one thing is. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It can just be asking the question and searching for the answer. And that in itself is what we call the success habit. The habit of asking, what's my one thing? Like I literally have it here on my, on my water bottle. It says, what's your one thing? It's everywhere. So I have in my office at work, I have one uh, sticky note on the wall. It's in black wall, literally nothing on it. There's one sticky note, yellow. It says, what is the, num- what is the number one most important thing I could do today? <laughs> there you go. Different yeah. words, same exact purpose, yeah. same exact result. Everything does not matter equally. And I'm going to make a statement here. And I want to preface by saying there's zero judgment in this, but it's just the truth. Most people are going through their days majoring in the minors. They wake up, they open up their computer, and what's the first thing they check, Ben? Email or social until, media. Until they go to their first, I don't know, what, coffee break, meeting, maybe. Yeah, meeting. Yeah. You get out, you have five minutes, they check their email. Yeah. Then somebody Call. calls and asks, hey, you got a minute. Yeah. And this literally repeats all day long. And you ever had one of those days, Ben, where you were super busy, but you genuinely wondered if you got anything done? Yeah, often. Yeah. Um, do you, so how do you approach that? Do you block time and like non-negotiable yeah. time blocks? Well, here's the deal. That is a result of you spending your time. And all we're suggesting is that you start investing it. And the way you invest your time is that you have the expectation that that investment will deliver a return which means you have to get clear on what matters most. You have to have it blocked on your calendar. And when you show up for that time block, you actually protect that time. No, not a, there is not a single person listening to this that got promoted because they were the best email checker in their company or the best meeting <laughs> attender. I don't care if their notes sparkled. That's not why they got promoted. They got promoted because they were clear on what matters most and they did what matters most really well. All we're suggesting, this is just a call to wake up and ask, what matters most? Is it on my calendar? And when I show up for that time, how can I protect it? Is now for the next 30 minutes the time that I should be responsive to email? No. So let me shut it down. Not minimize, shut it down. For the next 30 minutes, should I even be able to hear my phone ring or ding? No. So put it on do not disturb. We're great at doing this. We do it when we used to go to movie theaters. Remember those crazy days? We put our phone on do not disturb. We went to a place conducive to it. We, we had snacks and water. We hit the restroom. We were prepared to be there and nowhere else. We can say yes to a feature film. It's time we start saying yes to ourselves. That's one of the ways that I define uh, leadership is people who can actually embody, you know, getting things done uh, deeply in an efficient amount of time, right? So many people can do the superficial work and, you know, stick their big toe in the water. They get a little bit done every few hours. That's wonderful. But the people who can actually do things at a, at a deeper level ultimately are the ones that are leading, right? They're the ones that can think deeply, the ones that can perform deeply. And they ultimately, I think, are, are embodying characteristics that uh, leadership leaders do. 
So come back around to the one thing organization for me, Jeff, and yeah. um, what all you guys are offering. And because it sounds like this would be an incredibly interesting thing for a lot of our audience to uh, become part of. Yeah. So everything we do is about time. It's our most valuable resource. The problem is you're likely spending it and you're not yet investing it. All we do is we help you better invest your time so you can achieve extraordinary results. How we do that depends on what's the best fit for you. We have a very vibrant, growing online training community called Living Your One Thing, where people lock arms together to live the principles and have the support because I mean, you join this community, you suddenly realize you're one of the crazy people who thinks that your priorities don't live in your inbox. We work with companies where we help, whether it's the individual, the team, or the organization, ultimately create a productive culture where people do what matters most, they say yes to what matters most, and no is not a bad word. It's actually respected. And we have events. Every year we facilitate a goal-setting retreat where we specifically have tracks for couples goal-setting, individual goal-setting, and team goal-setting. We, we run the whole gambit. Very, very cool. And so behind you, over your left shoulder, I see a number of books. And I'm curious what you would recommend as your top five entrepreneurial or leadership books. Oh um, you could say the ones, maybe the ones you've read most recently that have made a greatest impact. Yeah. The, um, Gary handed me a book that's up here. He said it was the last book he ever needed to read on management, wow. not on leadership, on management. It's called The 13 Fatal Errors Managers Make and How to Avoid Them. <laughs> the 13 Fatal Errors Managers Make and How to Avoid Them. That's a good one. I've got How to Win Friends and Influence People up here, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and Cashflow Quadrant. And the reason those two are up there is um, I remember early on starting this company, my wife and I were not on the same page about money. And as a result, I was thinking like an employee, not like an owner, making short-term decisions that would help me put more money in my pocket, but not actually generate value for the partners. And I remember Jay saying to me, how can you ever trust us to trust you with the, the finances of the business if you can't run the finances of your personal life? And I know there's a lot of people listening to this who are successful professionals, but if we actually held up a scorecard on their personal finances, they'd probably get an F. And I personally have committed to forming habits that allow me to build wealth over time, which means reading books, surrounding myself with people so that I can have my personal finances in order so that professionally I can do the right thing. So those are two books right there. And that's uh, Cashflow Quadrants. Cashflow dude. Quadrants as being one of those? Yeah, Cashflow Quadrants, yeah. Robert Kiyosaki's best one. Yeah. I wouldn't even, Rich Dad Poor Dad's a is good it? one, but Cashflow is, is way better. Um, Okay. I'd start there. That's a good list. I like those ones. Uh, Jeff, man, phenomenal. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, where should people reach out to you on, on sure. social or do you want to send them directly to the One Thing site? Yeah, sure. So if you Google Jeff Woods, G-E-O-F-F Woods, um, I will pop up. <laughs> so you can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook. Um, I'm most active on LinkedIn. And then you're already listening to a podcast. So I would literally just click the search icon and type in the one thing, the O-N-E-T-H-I-N-G. That's the name of the podcast. That's the name of the book. The website's with the number one instead of spelled out. So the, the number one thing.com, the one thing.com. Check us out there. And I would specifically go to that training page. We've got some free trainings on there as well as all, all the more advanced ways that you can engage with us. 
And I'm going to link to all of it at muscleintelligence.com slash podcast. Jeff, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And uh, man, I wish you the best of luck. Your clarity and commitment to excellence is very apparent. I appreciate it. Thanks, Ben. That's a wrap, ladies and gents, boys and girls. Thank you very much for tuning into the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. I really enjoyed this conversation with Jeff. Hopefully you did as well. And I, I found a ton of value in reading the one thing. I read it probably, gosh, eight years ago now, a long time ago. Uh, and I really saw a huge amount of value because like you, and, and may, I'm making assumptions, like most people, I too was distracted. I too am distracted. I'm getting pulled in many different directions and so many things seem interesting. And until you start to understand what you really, really want to do, what you love to do, sometimes you chase things that are, oh, I'm gonna, this is going to make me money or this is going to be cool for the short term. But and that's great. But ultimately, when you find that one thing that really lights you up, and even if it isn't the one thing right now, focus, right? Focus is a superpower. Learning how to focus on one thing at a time, literally, is probably the greatest skill that any human could possess, right? And that can allow us to acquire knowledge and go deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's ultimately what allows someone to be a leader, as we spoke about in this podcast, is, you know, if you're not going deep on something, you're not going to be creating something new. You're not going to be leading. You're not going to be uh, blazing your own path. So ultimately, focus, I know it's hard because we want to do all these things, right? But ultimately do one thing really well first and then you become someone of value and then you can start stacking on top of that because then you get paid for who you are, not for what you do. And now that's a powerful place to come with the world. I hope you guys love today's podcast. And as always, please support our sponsors, Blue Blocks, because we love our Blue Blocking glasses, uh, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. Blue Box also has my favorite sleep mask, which my kids wear all the time. You guys have heard me say that before. Uh, they're the cutest when they wear it to sleep, but they sleep so much better and they don't get disturbed in the night. And so I actually uh, measure all of their sleep with an aura ring and uh, you know their sleep and quality improves massively when they wear the sleep mask at night. It's really comfortable, smells awesome. We put some essential oils on there for them at night and they just love it and it allows them to fall asleep and stay asleep all night and wake up feeling rejuvenated in the morning. Like me, I'm a pretty good sleeper. And if I'm ever on the road or if I'm ever in a place where there is any light, Blue Blocks uh, is always my companion, both my glasses and my sleep mask. So guys, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you did, share it with at least one person you know and love as we continue to grow this mission and message of ultimately being good human beings, first and foremost, being healthy, being strong, and leading this world, which now more than ever needs your leadership and uh, all of us to, to band together for things that matter and not get distracted by the nonsense. I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for tuning into Muscle Intelligence. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with at least one person you know. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. The statements and views on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Ben Bikulski and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements or advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest and products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.